Hi, and welcome to All Things Apostolic for Monday, October the 23rd. We're glad that you are with us. So, um, last Wednesday and Thursday, we did an interview on both days, half of it on Wednesday, half of it on Thursday, of a podcast of All Things Apostolic uh, with missionary Jake Azar, who is from Lebanon, Uh, And due to difficulties and the situations involved, we were not able to uh, put those up uh, on Wednesday and Thursday. So we're doing it today. We can do this. We're going to do it today. So, So you are actually hearing what was recorded on Wednesday today, but it's very interesting. You won't want to miss it. And tomorrow you will be hearing the rest of the interview with Jake Azar, missionary from Lebanon, who barely got out of Lebanon and is presently staying at, at, at my house um, and uh, uh, seeing what happens here for the future. Of course, he'll be doing ministry while he's here in America, uh, but um, uh, very interesting. So stay with us. Here we go. Today I'm talking to Jacob Azar, who lives in Lebanon, who had to leave And really to say he had to flee is probably not an exaggeration. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss this. So welcome. This is October 18th. This is Wednesday. And we are glad you're with us on all things apostolic. Um, today we have a very special guest with us, Jacob Azar. Um, he lives in Lebanon. He, um, is a missionary there along with his father, mother, and sisters, two sisters that are there, has another sister, but she's married and lives in America and, um, has a... A, a tremendous government-approved work there, and uh, has a school. Also, they have an educational program that is going on in Lebanon. So, first of all, we're very glad to have you here, Brother Azar. Thank you for having me, Bishop. Yes, sir. It's great to be here. And um, uh, he is he is here. He's not on vacation. He is here because right now there's uh, not much choice about where he's going to be, right. um, as long as it's anywhere besides Lebanon. So we are caught. We are caught. All of us are caught. The world is caught in um, in a dilemma. We are caught in a very intractable conflict in the Middle East um, that has reared its ugly head. There are deep and historic problems in the Middle East that people seek resolution for. Uh, Just to jump the trace here for just a moment, which is one of the things that sets the tone for the rise of Antichrist um, because everybody's needing answers. So the man that comes up with the answer is going to be thought of as a worldwide hero on the very highest level. And uh, uh, scripturally, I think it can certainly be validated that uh, 
There will come somebody at somewhere in the future that will have a solution that the world will stand in awe of, and, um, and yet it will not be a solution. It will only be a precursor uh, to the eschatological um, close uh, of the age. Now, that's from a biblical perspective. Um, the fact of the matter is God loves all the people that are in conflict with one another. And it's not God's will that they be in conflict. It's God's will that they hear the good news of Jesus Christ and uh, are made a new man in Christ. Uh, nevertheless, in the meantime, these things continue to happen. The very geography of the Middle East has always been of interest uh, to me. It's, it's, uh, it's an interesting thing. I would yeah. guess, uh, Brother Azar, that uh, most of our audience would have, they would recognize the word Lebanon, and they would right. have some idea of where Lebanon is. But um, if they're like me, it's a little fuzzy. Could you just identify, I know it's north of Israel, and I know it's on the coast, and I know it's not that big, but could you sure. just talk a little bit about the location of Lebanon um, and uh, maybe the population? What, what is the normal population? And yes, sir. Other pertinent facts. Absolutely. Well, so biblically, the biblical Lebanon was not necessarily a, uh, a nation state or country with borders. It didn't quite have uh, set lines or, or uh, boundaries, but it was actually just a, a, a mountain. So you can read back through the Psalms and, and you can read through the prophecies about Mount Lebanon and the cedars of Lebanon. Ah, yes. And so this was the, um, this was the mountain uh, that was uh, today. It's north of uh, Israel. It's, uh, it, it borders on the Megiddo Valley. Uh, there's a fault line down there. To be precise today, it is directly north of Israel. It is to the east, uh, I'm sorry, to the west of Syria, and it also borders the Mediterranean Sea. It's below Turkey, and it's about a 30-minute flight from Cyprus uh, out in the Mediterranean. And, um, and so that would, that would be right at the curve of the Mediterranean. here, If you have Africa and you have the Middle East, it's right there above Israel uh, on the curve uh, of the, uh, in, in the place known as the Fertile Crescent. It's right where the Fertile Crescent of the Middle East is, um, right next to Syria, right above Israel and below Turkey and on the Mediterranean. So on, on the ancient map, was Israel, or uh, was uh, Lebanon part of the ancient promised land? Yes, sir. Actually, it was. So the ancient promised land, um, it would have spread up. We have a few cities in South Lebanon. Uh, we, the first one that you come to is Tyre. If anyone has ever heard of Tyre and yeah. Sidon in the yeah. Bible, right? So it would go Tyre, Sidon, and then the next major city, which is the capital, is Beirut. And the promised land actually stretched up right to right below where Beirut was. And, uh, and that would have been the tribe of Asher, uh, the springs, uh, the upper and the nether springs. Uh, but there was also a pocket of the promised land off to uh, the east that was 
for the tribe of Dan that they conquered, right around close to where the land of Og was in, uh, in the valley. So that's so. very interesting because the tribe of Dan originally was down south. Right. And, um, and uh, I think the book of Judges gives us the story in what, 18th chapter, somewhere there, that uh, how Dan ended up uh, being up in the far north. Right. And um, they had a city there that they took, and then I guess they just had a, a, a piece of land. It became from from a city to a yes, sir. like a city-state. It's really just a pocket, just pocket a, up there. Right yes, there. Um, interesting thing about that, uh, when Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, became king of the ten northern tribes called Israel. Right. Uh, and the two southern tribes was called Judah. When he became king, he set up uh, two golden calves. He did. Uh, that yes, kept sir. people from going down to Jerusalem. And right. uh, they also took taxes to Jerusalem, and he wanted the tax money. I think that was part of it, that, probably. That probably had something yeah. to do with yeah. it. Yeah. Well, if he, was, if he was a government official, you know it was part <laughs> of that. So, so um, uh, well, that wouldn't be the case with everybody. But anyway... Right. Um, very probable. Yes, very probable. And um, also, by keeping the people there, the, their enculturation, their, uh, where they considered home, was strengthened. Uh, so the, the calf in the north. Right. Um, you know, I, you read your Bible. I mean, I used to read about these things. I shared a bedroom with my brother. Not a bed, but a bedroom. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when I wanted to read my Bible, he would gripe. He didn't have the Holy Ghost. And so uh, so uh, I, I got a little flashlight, and I fixed a tent in my bed with the sheet over my head. Mm -hmm. And I used to read about all this stuff and about these calves. And I wonder, what are these calves? Are they real? Are they, I mean, right. what? And what is this, an altar? What did a, what did a high place look like? And right. for, so for years, I, I did that. Recently, I went to Israel. I've been to Israel a number of times, but I went to Israel, and for the first time since I've ever went there, they had excavated the oh. altar of the northern calf. Wow. That's, and that's it, amazing. I, it is amazing, wow. and it's one of the most amazing archaeological sites, at least for me. I mean, emotion probably huge. determines it. And, and so there is this altar that was probably... Um, 25 by 25 feet. I mean, you had to be in, wow. you had to be in pretty good shape to even get up there. You did. There wasn't a trail. That's, it was, it yeah. was like I mean, <laughs> climbing over rocks. And yeah. um, but when we got up there, we uh, uh, they they had the the altar was gone, but the foundation of it was still there. And mm -hmm. I'm guessing this is 25 feet by 25 feet about mm -hmm. that, but it was big. And uh, Israel has put up a little framework to show you what the altar, a literal framework made out of steel, that shows you where the altar, how high it was, wow. where it stood, and uh, how the stair, how they got the sacrifice up there. Okay, wow. and then right behind that, there is a, there is a, a beautiful staircase. Okay. And uh, then on top of that staircase, there's a, like the size of a big ballroom, maybe 60 by 60 feet. It's big. A ballroom. Uh, yeah. And that, uh, that I don't know if that had walls or not, but okay. right in the middle of that is where this gigantic golden calf wow. was placed. That's 
And um, it was just amazing. I mean, how, how I, demonic. I, it, it was. It was like, it was like. Uh, uh, anyway, yes. I, 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 it's hard to describe the That's impact that it had. So interesting. So one of the things that you and I have noted before in conversation was that um, this 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 Dan tribe. We'll get back to more current events here in a minute. But this Dan tribe bunch that came north was the closest tribal people to the mount where Baal was. I don't know. Do That's you know, right. What, is there a name for that mountain, or is it just? Um, it's more. Well, it's more just a, a city. It's an okay. area. Okay. Um, most of the people north of Israel worshipped worshipped some some god related to Baal. If it wasn't Baal, there yeah. was Baal and there was Ashtaroth. Yeah. And those two gods were always in tandem. And one was the strong masculine uh, pagan god. The other one was the the weaker yet coercive and um, uh, subversive female deity. Yeah. Of Ashtaroth. Okay. Yes. Okay. So anybody that's read their Bible has, has, has read those two names, Baal and Ashtoreth. Mm-hmm. Well, if you remember in your Bible, Dan had the most trouble with idolatry. Right. I mean, you right. get in the book of Judges and later. And uh, so so Bible scholars have concluded that the reason is, is that they were right there by the headquarters of Baal. I mean, just a few miles. Hmm. How far would that city be from where Dan is probably? You know what that that whole strip they were all very strong Baal worshippers. So it was it, right there. It must have been like today. It probably, uh, if you were to drive there, it's probably only a, maybe an hour and a half yeah. maximum. Yeah. I mean, it's an hour hour distance. So that influence and, of that city would be what in Syria? No, sir. Actually, it's in Lebanon. It's still. in Lebanon. It is. Well, what it's about called that? it's called Baalbek or Baal-Bek. the city of Baal. Yeah. How about so, that? Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. some interesting things there. Uh, the history of Lebanon biblically goes way, way, way back. And, um, and so today, I mean, I don't know a lot about Lebanon. Can you just tell us a little bit about, it's a, it's a, it's a, I'm, I'm thinking it's smaller than Israel in geographically, uh, in square miles. Yes, sir. And um, what's, a, what's a population of Lebanon? Well, the population right now, um, they haven't got a set number nailed down. And that's because they've, they've refused to take a census for a little while. They've refused to check exactly how many people there are in the country. And so the estimate right now is right around four to five million, despite the mass um, uh, amount of people that have actually left or fled in the past four years due to either the economic crisis uh, which has been the worst economic crisis in any country since the 1850s, wow. according to the IMF, International Monetary Fund. And um, the other reason, obviously, is just because of the uh, uh, the progressive level of chaos and, uh, and, and fear that has gripped the country. And um, that not only stems from the 2019 revolutions that, that rocked the country, we had Two million, two million people on the streets in Beirut in one evening protesting, and I, I remember I was I was there. I just got out of Beirut that evening, um, and got back to uh, our church in time. Uh, but the next thing would be obviously the 2020 explosion, and that was whenever there was a shipment of uh, of, of uh, ammonium nitrate, a large shipment that was still in the yes, port. Yes, I, I remember that. Yes, sir, and that was. Um, 
That was the largest non-nuclear explosion uh, that has ever rocked a city. Wow. And, uh, I mean, killed hundreds of people. That went off in 2020. Uh, my family was there. And, uh, I mean, just blew the walls off of our church, windows. And, and our church was about a mile and a half away. Mm. You know, so uh, for that reason, and not to mention the decrease of the um, currency, the value of the currency today is close to maybe 3% or less of what it was oh, wow. before. Wow. I mean, I mean, you have a uh, uh, hundred, like, let's say a hundred thou, right? A hundred thousand of their currency used to be about $66, right? If you had a 100, as a matter of fact, I had it with me just a little while ago. But uh, if you had a hundred thou, then you had about $66. This guy right here. This is, is that's a hundred thousand dollars. That that's a hundred thousand Lebanese lira. Yeah. Right. So wow. this this used to be sixty six dollars. Guess how much it is right now? No idea. Eighty nine cents. Eighty nine cents. Eighty nine cents. Wow. So imagine you had your your bank stocked up with these and your savings that you worked your your lifetime and retired with, right? You had it in the bank. The currency starts devaluing. So you're saying, hey, I got to get that money out. I got to change it to yen, dollar, gold, whatever it takes, some precious metal. And then the banks say, well, no, 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 we're locking down. You can't withdraw more than $500 a month or so. And so people watched their their wow. savings wow, wow. decrease to uh, to that level. It's no wonder we've had mass uh, a mass immigration mm -hmm. out of the country in the past couple of years. But the reason why the the reason why the population is is still a little bit higher than what's to be expected is because we've had such a big influx of refugees mm, because Syria. we border Syria. Mm. We've had we we've had people that have have come to Lebanon and actually you know ended up in our church from uh, Lebanon, uh, from Syria, from Iraq, uh, from Egypt, from Jordan, from Iran. Uh, there's been people that have come by and visited. Many of them have been baptized and gotten the Holy Ghost, but uh, we've seen an influx of almost a million and a half, uh, wow. still to this day, a million and a half refugees that are, are Syrian. Yeah. Um, what a, what a, what a overwhelming burden on a, a very small country. It's been unbelievable. I mean, that's it like, well, I don't know, I'm just throwing this out there, but that's like 50% of the Population, if it's an increase, in, that's exactly right. Imagine that's, everywhere half of the people that's would incredible. be refugees in the country. That's incredible. We just got started. Stay with us. We're going to do this some more tomorrow.